Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film House, the film podcast where we discuss movie news. We do movie reviews. We talk about all kinds of things, except we basically haven't done any of that for months because there haven't haven't been new movie news. Okay, sure. there hasn't been movies to review. So we've basically been trying to wing it and figure out cool things to do centered on the world of cinema that uh, we think is really fun to talk about. That being said, this week, before we jump right into our topic, Jared Leto is back as a Joker. Boom. <laughs> there we did it. Movie news. Oh. Um, Ryan about, didn't hear this. Right? right did you not know that? I didn't know that. I'm he's back as the Joker? Yeah, he's back as the Joker for oh. Zack Snyder's or Jack Snyder Snyder cut. Snyder cut. Oh, oh really? So he's, he's not going to be in the new... He's not replacing Joaquin Phoenix in the sequel to the Todd Phillips one? Maybe. <laughs> The door's open now. That'd be weird. All right, we've unlocked info. Pandora's this box. This is a proving possible. ground for Leto. Yeah. If he does well with this super cut, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or the Snyder cut, yeah. he might get a reprieve. It's finally, um, thank God, uh, Hollywood male actors finally getting a second chance. This has to be the most they don't really expensive DVD extra of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Never yes. heard more about a director's cut than this fucking thing. Better but be worth it, Zach. This is the only movie news we had to go on. There, it's out of the way. Now let's no. move on to no. the big, the big centerpiece of this whole thing. Don't worry about Willow. <laughs> so sad. What about Willow? Don't worry about Willow. I honestly Willow. don't even know the story about Willow. So that's how it tells you how important it it's is. A good story. Um, you've seen it before. We've done it in the past. It was one of the highlights of everyone's year this year when we did it before, where we searched for the perfect film. What do we decide we on? We narrowed down... What? What do we decide on? <laughs> well, we, meaning not you, decided on Godfather Part 2. I don't know uh, how that as, happened. As the perfect film. I believe it was Godfather Part 2 versus Aliens. It's, um, I guess it is kind of like a, the NCAA tournament or whatever, where you know a 10 seed can win the whole thing, even though it's not the best. They can. You never know. Depending on who you you're going up against, you can still come out on top. And everyone, it was a harrowing two-part experience, and everyone said this will never be recreated ever again in podcasting, especially in the film genre. But to you I say, tis the season for a surprise. Because we are officially doing, starting this episode, our bracket for the perfect horror film. Hell yeah. Which I know what you're thinking. That's just a subgenre. Shouldn't the horror films already been included in that other genre? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> this is crazy. But for the sake of this bracket, this is horror films. We have each submitted five films um, that we believe could potentially be perfect horror films. We're going to debate these films in a bracket-style tournament. But you picked five? 20 doesn't add up to a normal bracket. You're right. We didn't learn our lesson last time, and we wanted a wonky bracket. <laughs> All of us submitted the full the full submission of 20. I put them through a list randomizer, and that's how they got their seating in the tournament. So obviously some of them are going to get buys, some are not. It's all done completely above board, completely fair. This is the most legitimate way to do this tournament. Are you guys ready to get started with this whole thing? Because I will basically read off the list to get everyone primed to know what we're going to be discussing over the next two episodes of this show. I'm ready, James. I'm going to win. All right. Speaking (laughs) of Ryan, I want to introduce my guests. Ryan, Haley. Hey, everybody. I'm a horror fanatic, super horror fan. I see every horror movie that comes out. It's one of the best genres in the whole world. It's like a <laughs> filmmaker's, you know, you can just, they're easy and cheap to make. I'm going to win this thing. Let's do it. Vote for me. I was going to say, I, I'm, I'll eat my hat if any of Ryan's submissions <laughs> get well, to the final. You guys better have seen all mine because I know I picked some pretty rare ones, but they're the best. 
Object. No, we, we are allowed we, to <laughs> vote without having seen. I know, that, that is that also part me. of the criteria. That, that Dan Schneider. What's up, everybody? Yeah, Ryan sent us this list at like midnight last night, and I hadn't heard of half of these movies. That's fucked. So, yep. I'm ready to die for Danny's. Let's gotta, do you this. Gotta vote your vote. You gotta vote, vote based on just as much as Ryan. Oh, I was gonna say, based on my awesome uh, ex- explanations and descriptions of these films, you got you gotta imagine it like you were there and saw it, and actually vote for yep. it like you saw it. <laughs> the pitch process is a major part of this, and of course, Elise Willems, she's a huge horror movie. I, fan. I love horror movies, and I had such a difficult time picking. You asked us for four. I think I sent you five or six, mm-hmm. and I had a tough time picking those to the point where I just sent you. I just sent you some titles at a certain point. Yeah, you just I don't think that go. I don't even think that these are the ones that I I, I couldn't I couldn't decide. There are just so Too many much? so many great horror movies. It is hard. It was hard. It was so hard. hard. I, I did it think really it was tough. funny that James asked for four and we all gave him way more than that. Well, because I was trying to make the bracket work, but then we sent five and then it was like, oh, we can get rid of one. I was like, no, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Let the bracket be screwed. Speaking of the bracket, let's show the bracket right now. You can follow along and see exactly what movies we got on the list. Okay? I'm just going to list out the movies. We're going to sort out who's going against who as we go along. First, Halloween. We're referring, of course, to the original Halloween. Jamie Lee uh, JLC. Curtis. JLC. Uh, John Mike Myers. John Carpenter. Yep. Great film. Submitted by James. Pan's Labyrinth. The submissions are a labyrinth of oh, great, great. No, that's fine. You can tell. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth, great horror film, very spooky, got some creepy imagery. Um, going up against Cabin in the Woods, which is going to be mm. a a what is the so, term for it? A um, burn burner? No, it's like Close when you acknowledge game? a genre. It's well, it's a, oh. it's a parody. A parody a that it's is commentary on a meta, genre. a meta film. We're gonna yeah, s- and there's a, sure. there's gonna be more meta films on here. Then we have Reanimator. Hell yeah! Okay. Hell yeah! Awesome. For sure. Guess who picked that one? <laughs> a Ryan submission. Hell yeah! Hereditary. Excellent film. Pretty good. Maybe. Pretty good. I like, I like Midsummer more, but whatever. Alien, Alien, which we saw Aliens on the perfect film list, so it's interesting to see Alien well, coming on I this one. Well, I would say Alien is more of a horror film than Aliens. Aliens is a big action movie. Great, but outdated. Yeah. Is is Alien enough of a horror film to go all the way? Can be sure. The Shining. Stephen King doesn't like the end. Stephen King. Well, it wasn't specified if we were talking about the Kubrick version or the Weber or the Weber, the Stephen mm-hmm. Weber made for TV the version. What? I thought we were talking so. about Doctor Sleep. No. <laughs> Didn't make the list, unfortunately. Human Centipede. Fuck yeah. This sequence. Let's do it. First sequence. All is votes, that the all name of the first nominations one? are anonymous. It, it's a so parenthetical. There's... First sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best. How many sequences, sequences were there? There's three, and the other three. two don't even bother. The first is the only one you need to see, unless you're a complete. Real quick, so just re- we we'll, we'll probably get into this one on this episode. But who has seen Human Centipede? I was at the North mm. American World Premiere. I have also seen. <laughs> I have also oh, seen. Right. I haven't. I, I don't like torture stuff. It's not right, torture stuff. On. I want to talk about that to you later, Elise. Because we'll I get, get offended we'll get with every time you call. Uh, okay. It that. Too All much right. poop. Too much Silent poop. Night, Deadly Night. Hell I'm yeah. A Black Christmas Girl myself because I'm maybe it's the Canadian connection, mm-hmm. but it, well, honestly, I, I, Black Christmas is cool too. But Silent Night, Deadly Night is uh, uh, amazing. Have, have any of y'all okay. seen? This that makes me think of farts. All right. Climax. 
Next up, we have Climax. Oh, I love okay. the shit out of the movie. I, would you, it's barely a horror. Well, it's interesting you put that in the horror film. We're going to get to it, Ryan. I'm sorry. We're literally I'm just sorry. saying names okay. in movies right now. Hold wait, your horses, bud. I'm sorry. I thought okay. we were talking everything and giving Simmer. them No, 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 no. The Exorcist. Okay. Classic. Grand Army Daddy. of Darkness. Scream. The oh. Thing. Martyrs. Never seen it. Insidious. Get Out. Nightmare on Elm Street 3. No, we'll just do the Dream first Warriors. one. We'll do the first one because the first one is a better. I love Dream Warriors. The first one is a better film than Dream Warriors. Okay, because we were watching Dream Warriors last night. You fell asleep. I've <laughs> Which seen is it the opposite of what you're supposed She's to do. Watching the rest of her nightmares. And, mm-hmm. I, I've seen it a billion okay, times. Okay, so we're going to ch- we're gonna change Let's that to the, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare I think it's probably more universal. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Birds, Hitchcock Ooh. classic, um, and Saw. So those are the movies that have made the list. Tons of honorable mentions that I thought of. Let the Right One In (laughs) was one that I thought maybe should have been on here. Um, That's a great movie. So there's a ton ton of stuff. Swedish or American? The Swedish. So I think they're both good. I think they're both good, but I prefer the Swedish one. Um, I'll stop talking. Okay. No, we're great. Because now it's time to start talking. Because we need to start debating films. We need to start getting to the bottom of this First things first, we're gonna have to start with some of these early brackets. Yeah, where, um, where do we because start? Because we have all wonk, it's all wonky. So we're gonna start our first one: Pan's Labyrinth versus Ooh. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> okay, all right, that was well, that was pretty I love quick. The, I love the shit out of that movie. That was my. I rank every movie I see every year, and that was my number one of like 2009 or whatever the fuck it was. Maybe twelve, mm-hmm. and uh, I love. I think it's twelve. I cracked me up. I love any movie that ends with the whole world getting destroyed by monsters. Mm-hmm. Is that what mm-hmm. happens at the end? Yeah, that mm-hmm. made me yeah, laugh. Jesus, I don't remember. Cut to cut to the, black the right old after gods. that. Yeah, the old gods. <laughs> so you're saying Cabin in the Woods is a better movie than Pan's Labyrinth? Yes, I think that it's. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Pan's Labyrinth is a masterpiece. It's it's, pro- right. it's arguably as has spookier moments, obviously, if that's what you're looking for in your horror movies. I like the comedy horror, as you can see by my list. That's my probably favorite genre <laughs> ever. Um, the audience doesn't really? know what your list is, but a comedy and horror makes sense together to me. Yeah, because you you build up tension and then you Take release tension. Exactly. You build up tension, you release tension. Yeah, so what you go to the movie theater for? You, you want to laugh, you want to cry, you want to get scared. Those are two of them right there in the genre. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, what do y'all think of the, the two? Well, I think this is a really tough matchup. I love Pan's Labyrinth, and I love Cabin in the Woods. Now, the thing about Pan's Labyrinth is it feels like, while it is horrific-y... It has elements of horror. It has elements of horror. I don't know how horror it is, but I think that's one of the cool things about the genre of horror is where you, as a creator, decide to go with it, right? Mm-hmm. And so it still feels like it, it would make sense to classify this as a horror film, but it's it's trying something so new and so different with the, with the genre that you might not have, no one other than Guillermo del Toro may have ever thought to do Pan's Labyrinth in this it's, type It's maybe of genre. more of a fairy tale, but that's not a genre. At all, but those early films. fairy tales, those Grimm's fairy tales, are terrifying. They all have a monsters. Lot of them are really they all have scary, scary moments, you know. Yeah. So you know, I think it makes perfect sense to kind of do that, and I think it would require a real genius. Cabin in the Woods, I love. Josh I Wheaton's love, movie. love, love Cabin in the Woods. Um, and it, but it is, it also requires horror. 
Like it doesn't necessarily stand on its own as much as it requires some other elements of referring to horror and knowing the genre and the trope tropes and stuff like that along the way. I, I feel like the this memorable thing in really Cabin in the me. Woods is like that twist reveal and the like whiteboard in the background with all the different stuff they've come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like maybe Pan's Labyrinth actually has memorable creatures and memorable scary moments. And I don't really mm-hmm. remember anything specific and this is just me from Cabin in the Woods because it is kind of taking everything in like a meta way and packaging mm-hmm. it all together without actually creating any sort of new scare or new monster on its own. I, I, I get what y'all are saying, but to me, that's not a weakness at all. Like like having to know all these tropes and stuff. And yeah, you have to – you get more enjoyment and entertainment out of it if you know all that stuff. But uh, – to me, it still works. Uh, I, I like I like it because of that. You know, I don't think that you should count points off against that. You know, I, can mm-hmm. I take my points from Ryan when he called Joss what? Whedon a genius? How what would you describe him as? What adjective? Uh, uh, workman's director. He's hilarious. Workman's genius. director. He made uh, uh, the McDonald's of film franchises. Marvel took all of the things that you know the ten movies and made a cohesive, funny, unique, actual movie with personality. That uh, you know he's he is a workman's. He 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 can make some great Big Mac for a, know, a movie. I can I can Guillermo take leave the first half of the first Avengers and and Joss Whedon. <laughs> One one's a really a genius level filmmaker. The other, the other is Joss is Whedon good. did not direct Cabin in the Woods. That's true. Oh, that's right. It was Goddard, right? Yeah, Drew it was Drew, Go- Drew. Drew. Yeah, Drew. Yeah, Goddard, I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, so let's not put this is not a discussion between Joss Whedon and Guillermo because that would <laughs> not not give Joss the credit for his friends movie. Guillermo is clearly the more cinematic master. We can agree with that. But the writing of Joss mm-hmm. Whedon, I love. And I know some people hate it, whatever. But to me, it's cool. Well, I'm not crazy about the writing of Joss Whedon in general. Like, like most it. of his television ventures, I'm not crazy about. You're and big I know Buffy people love Avengers. But like when Avengers is like really relishing in the Whedon-y aspect, it's not, that's not when I enjoy it the most. Um, but I feel like Cabin in the Woods doesn't feel that way. Cabin in the Woods feels like... I mean, it feels more like Scream than anything, which is like uh, someone who truly appreciates the genre, who wanted to make something that was an homage to it in the most genuine way possible. I do really like that. Yeah, that meta and fun aspect of the movie is something I really appreciate. I do remember reading some or maybe hearing some story that they wrote that just kind of locking themselves up in a hotel room for like two weeks or Mm -hmm. something like that. I always love those little stories. Sounds right. Elise, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I know you haven't really chimed in yet on this one. So tough for me. Pan's Labyrinth is a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. I love GDT so much. He is a master and a true lover of horror. That's Mm -hmm. undisputed of him. But I personally don't identify it with Pan's Labyrinth as horror. It's actually a comfort movie for me. It's a movie that I used to rewatch and rewatch a ton. And I don't know why. But I just, I sometimes I pick up on weird comfort movies like that. But I love it so much, mm-hmm. and I see, I agree with Dan. It has elements of horror, so you could definitely, and and actually, the the situation that's happening in real life is the horror, the fascism, the war. That's the horror of that movie, mm-hmm. truly, um, and the human monsters, and the way he, you know, parallels that and executes on that is so good mm-hmm. and so excellent. Cabin in the Woods also. I love so much you just compared it to Scream, which is the perfect comparison because it's meta and it parodies all of those tropes. It, and I think it elevates the tropes in a way that, that Scream doesn't do, having the organization 
that's mm-hmm. responsible for curbing this this mythic threat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it's funny because like Dan, what you said about how it doesn't have these memorable moments. The first time I you watch that movie, I think that you are just going through the paces and you're being taken through it, and you're not mm-hmm. sure the context of so much that's happening. And then when you rewatch it, right from the very beginning, when you see those those guys that are they're they're driving up in their little cart in the in the facility and they're talking about you mm-hmm. know in vague terms about what they have to do you're like oh my gosh Joss Whedon you know he he was seeding this through the whole script Andrew. in the movie all the all the <laughs> moments you're picking up on Andrew was there too I guess uh, those those two guys like Bradley Whitford and I forget who the other one was they are the memorable creatures from Cabin in the Woods movie yeah the well, the mermaid he really wants to meet a merman mm-hmm. oh you never got um, to do merman. That's good. Gag. He never got to do the mermaid. There's a unicorn murder in it. Mm-hmm. Someone gets impaled by a unicorn, well, th- which is th- excellent. <laughs> I think that's my um, favorite part of that movie is the, you know, the whiteboard in the background that you have to freeze frame mm-hmm. and read. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's zombie torture. What is it? What is it? Redneck zombie torture family, yeah. <laughs> is the, which is which is I just love all of those adjectives mm-hmm. piled on top of one another. So brilliant. not zombies. That doesn't zombie count as zombies. Torture a different family. One. Yeah, yeah, zombies is completely different. Like <laughs> them playing up all this stuff that when the when the teenagers go in the basement, they each have their their item. Like I, it just just so many fun things yeah. with horror, and it hits mm-hmm. all the comedy so well. Yeah, um, it, this is a really tough one because those are. So They're very the different. Labyrinth is They're super very brilliant. different, but I think it's good that we're getting something like this out of the way right now. <laughs> like okay, the the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth is just so iconic. Mm-hmm. You know what I think, like, Elise? Love him. You know what I'm going to vote for? Is <laughs> is Captain <laughs> of the Woods. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I don't understand. You're doing the eyes hand thing. How what? long ago did you do that? <laughs> I just, I just, I, luckily, I had a marker here, like five seconds. Wait, were ago. you? Were you looking at your hands when you wrote them, or were you trying not to break eye contact? <laughs> I, I, I looked down. You guys didn't notice. Can you hold? Can you hold your left one and your right one up towards the camera? Because I feel like, are you right-handed? Yeah. Well, I want to know if your if your left one or your right one is way worse because you had to draw it with your left hand. Yeah, that is either true. Either way, huh. either way that we vote, it's going to break my heart. I wish that both oh, of these were up true. against Ryan's movies. <laughs> what? What are you saying? Well, the thing thing is, what? The thing is, later on, that? we have two of Ryan's movies going against each That's other. That's bullshit. It'll just be him talking and the two and the three of us just sitting here quietly. That's not, not fair. Shit. I disagree with the randomizer. Okay, we have to pick. All right, we have to pick. So we're going to vote on it. You're going to raise one finger if you think that Pan's Labyrinth is the is the winner and you're going to raise two fingers if you think Cabin of the Woods is the win- winner. Okay. They're both so You guys brilliant. ready? They're yeah. both so brilliant. Well, you got to pick. We can only pick one. All right, that's the burden. I'm ready. Okay. All right. <laughs> on 3. 1 2 3. Oh no. Wow. Already, here we go. We've already got What's it. What's the answer? What's the answer? <laughs> It's a tie. Oh, it's a tie. Look. Pan's Labyrinth, Kevin in the Woods. Ugh. How so, so the fuck good. do we do? We don't, we don't have Shane, our wonderful Shane, to be Most the deciding vote. Most hated Four man on the internet this time. We so we're going to do somebody? the only other thing that's fair is coin flip. Oh, okay. that's not... Okay, I guess Coin flip. It's the only way to be fair. Well, so, Do you think anyone heads, at Funhouse would pick up the phone if we called them? No. no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> heads is going to be Pan's Labyrinth. Tails, Cabin in the Woods. This is so depressing. <laughs> depressing? I, you know, Heads. Pan's Labyrinth wins. Oh my god! Pan's did Labyrinth, Did you do a guys. digital coin? That's how they should yeah. do the election in November. Fuck no. <laughs> Just get it over <laughs> with. 
Uh, yes, this this current election in 2020 is exactly like trying to choose between Cabin in the Woods and Pan's Labyrinth. Just flipping a coin. We're so lucky. Um, I, I do think right. Pan's is not the most straightforward horror movie, but has enough elements that it can be categorized as such. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it does. This is only the first round, by the way. This is well, almost this is like a the pre-tournament. Yeah. yeah. So this is cop and state. The definition well, of what the best is or what a horror movie is, is a little bit, in, you know, like, like there's probably some purists that are really like not into. We are in the woods are, being there, you know, but I we are it. the yeah. we are the judges. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we know everything. Fuck all we have know. the power yeah, to right. decide the definition of horror as it pertains okay, to us. All right. Let's this one's going to be way easier, way less emotional <laughs> for some of us. All right. We're going on to Human Centipede, the first sequence, yeah. versus Silent Night, Deadly Night. So I would love oh, to hear what sucks. Ryan's pick is here, because these are both his submissions. Himself. Well, should we discuss it before Ryan even chimes in? What we think? I, love I would rather this. hear what Ryan has to say first, because <laughs> I, have no, I have no real opinion on this subject. Uh, okay. I, I honestly well, confuse Black Christmas and Silent Night, Deadly Night. Well, well, isn't Silent Night, Deadly Night the one where he goes, Trash Day, or whatever? That's Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 or 3. Uh, okay, so it's one of the sequels. Yeah. <laughs> That's his brother who got who had the same sickness. Anyway. I, would, I mean, I guess Human Centipede is a very original concept. Mm-hmm. How would you know? You don't watch torture stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, I, so, I find the, so, the concept of human centipede so revolting that I couldn't watch mm-hmm. it. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I feel so lucky. I wake up every day and just am grateful that I walked into a theater and I had no clue what the human centipede was about. I was the only one. You know, it's the title. The title is the. It, the what do you poster. mean you had no clue? I, because it's I, called Human Centipede. Like I said, I went to the <laughs> North American world premiere of this thing in, at Fantastic Fest in Austin. I had no clue what it was about. I tried not. To, I tried to go into every one of those movies not knowing anything. I just knew it was. Everyone said you got to see this fucking movie. So I, you know, everyone else. I mean, it's a meme now. It's everyone knows human centipede. It's like okay, I get it. It's the poop eating um, human monster. But I had no idea. So as this movie is unfolding. I'm just like, what is this movie about? What's going to happen to these girls? And then as he's explaining it, like I'm learning it like the women are learning it in the movie. And I'm just like, oh, my God, that is the plot of this movie I'm here to see. I cannot stop laughing. It was like one of the best moments in a theater (laughs) I've ever experienced because it was just amazing like that. Like if if you don't know anything going in, this movie is insane and incredible and and, and mind blowingly audacious. Right, and Which, I love everything about it. How fucking absurd and fucked up it is, and it's a, a true horror movie. How would you like to be a human centipede, especially the middle or the end? It would be. It would suck. You which, know it would. which, which, I, I'll say this. That's how I saw Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. which was. All, all I knew was that it was called Cabin in the Woods. It was Woods, like opening weekend. And, and, and people were excited for this movie, mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods. It was like, oh, it's a horror movie getting good reviews. So I watched Cabin in the Woods only knowing the title Cabin in the Woods. And then when you see that opening scene with the bureaucracy and those guys and everything like, you're like that, you're like, what the hell's going on? Movie? So I get what you're saying about being excited. I still don't understand how you didn't know... It's called Human Centipede. Well, yeah, but... The poster the, is a bunch of people with their asses uh, in, in each Ryan's other's mouths. In Ryan's defense, it could be a monster that's just a anthropomorphic centipede. That is kind of what I was saying. It was, it's a, some monster. <laughs> it's like a, the descent where it's like monsters that were like incest okay. centipede monsters okay. or something. So what I'm not getting, Ryan, is I'm not getting the same 
excitement and fervor for Silent Night, Deadly Night. Well, hold on a minute. Hold on. I gotta keep, uh, Dieter Laser deserved an Oscar for The Human Centipede. He's, he unfortunately, Oscar. The late Dieter C- oh, uh, Laser. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And everyone thinks yeah. that, you know, like, like it has really little to do with the quote-unquote torture poor movies of, like, Eli Roth and all that shit, where it's, like, literally, you're watching, like, like things getting, uh, it's all about the flesh just getting destroyed and people screaming in pain. That's not this movie. This movie is pretty uh, conceptual for mo- for the most part. Like it's not. Uh, uh, yes, it's graphic and obscene, but they it's um, the poop in the mouth and the poop in the mouth. But it very much is a psychological <laughs> horror. Is kind of what I'm trying to say. Is uh, it's not as much torture in your face. Um, you don't see as much poop as you would think in the Human Centipede. Well, because it all do, stays inside the system. Right. Do they so get, it's, it's in your mind, psychological, exactly. Do, do you get, like, sewn on or glued on to sewn the on. Other, Sewn on. It's, it's 100% medically accurate. That's what by the director uh, uh, said. And, and, and that's another reason to love this movie. 100% medically accurate. How many more horror movies can, can make that claim? I don't can think he can back up that claim. He can. He, he got a, he a, a doctor. He, wants. he got I a surgeon to, to design the human oh. centipede. I mean, I feel like The doctor. Shining is also medically I accurate. would like to hear from Silent Night, Deadly Okay, night. so this movie fucking rocks. It has the best for opening 20 minutes of a horror movie, period. Better than all these that we're talking about. Now, now it, it loses a little bit of steam halfway, so that's why maybe I haven't been as psyched about it. It's, it is kind of a... <laughs> Uh, once you get the the concept, which is great, which is uh, I'll explain in a second, then it is kind of a paint by not paint by numbers, but like it, it repetitive, like you know, like uh, yeah, yeah, uh, okay. you know how Halloween. All right, they're gonna kill everybody, all the all the kids, mm-hmm. and we'll just watch each Got one it. die. But the plot of this film is a little kid. He and his grandpa said not to trust Santa. His grandpa's crazy, and so he in his mind doesn't trust Santa and. Just so happened to be that when they're coming home from the nursing home, spoiler alert, a guy dresses Santa, robs his family, murders his parents in front of him, and then a guy uh, uh, tries to rob him, and then, yeah, so then he's now cursed to to every Christmas, relive this uh, terrible PTSD thing that happened to him, and then one day he snaps and he becomes Santa and starts killing okay. all the naughty kids in town. Great plot okay. of a movie, right? No. <laughs> I mean, Killer Santa is a good concept. I I I have seen Human Centipede first sequence. Okay, and so I will try. I would like to chime in on this to the other to the other judges as well and state. I think it actually is a really good movie. Thank you. I I agree with Ryan. I actually think it is a really good movie, and I saw it after it was well known what it was about and had been not parodied necessarily, but it had been it was known. It was part of the zeitgeist of human Mm -hmm. centipede shitting into someone or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I watched it and I went, holy shit, this movie is made by a really talent. This is an amazing performance by the lead, and it's made by a really talented director. Tom Six. And... And so, and I was like, I was like, the only thing here is this concept, which is just so disturbing that it's going to put everyone off. It's also going to be the best marketing this movie could ever get, but it's going to put everyone off. And then I said, when I was watching it, I thought, this guy has some real talent and I can't wait for him to make something that isn't, that he doesn't feel like he has to shock the audience with. And, uh, and then, because I think he has some real skill. 
And then he made Human Centipede 2, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen oh, in my entire life. Agree. Agree with that statement. Um, Don't see it. Which which is a shame because conceptually it starts in a really cool place, which is it the Human Centipede exists in the world and there's someone who is so obsessed with this film that they decide to try it on their own. But it is all the skill and all the talent and all the subtleties from the first movie are missing and replaced with the torture porn, the disgusting shock. Yeah in your face aspects of the second one. So I, I, I that's not really a Tarnish statement. the legacy. It re, now I don't give a shit about that director. And uh, he made a third one that I feel like even less people saw. Well, it does have like a 200 person human centipede. That is, yeah, it's is like a, a prison or something. Yeah, it's a must Either way, he was not able to break <laughs> break away from the shackles of the human centipede. Are you ready to vote on this one? Who was so the I'm Oscar? Ready. Who I'm deserved just, the Oscar for the human centipede? The guy, the doctor. Dieter Laser. The guy, yeah. Yeah, the guy who is the doctor. <laughs> Dieter Laser? He's really the good. Late Dieter Honestly, Laser. I'm not telling people to go watch this movie I because know. the concept of it is really hard to get past but if you can if you poop. think you might be able to get past it the the film is extremely well made extremely well made that's that's my piece silent night deadly night all i know is the one from two or three where he goes trashy and that's it and if you're so, out there and you're into coprophagia and stuff this is your movie right coprophagia anybody no i mean I, I can context clues i think i can figure it okay, out okay anyway i'm ready to vote all right, let's vote. So it's a three for Human Centipede, <laughs> one for Silent Night, Deadly Night. Sure, let's do this. So three for Human Centipede, one for Silent Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Let's vote. Three, two, one, go. Universal Human Centipede. Nice. Human Centipede takes that one. Oh, I meant to vote for Silent Night, Deadly Night. Too late. <laughs> I'm really glad we got two Orions out of the way God in that in that one. <laughs> There's no this winners one, here. Oh, we all win, Ryan. We got we got a brief respite from the from the rigors of this, but this next category uh, yeah. is going to be a slobber knocker, and I am not excited for this discussion, which we're going to be having right after a word from a couple of our sponsors. When was the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? I, I probably never. I feel like I should assume never. Um, but with Quip's new smart electric toothbrush. Good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. You've heard us talk about Quip probably a million times by this point, but this is something brand new that rewards you and your mouth as though not having cavities and having clean teeth and bright white teeth um, wasn't good enough. Uh, the Quip smart brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth. It'll track when and how well you brush. It'll get tips and coaching and to improve your habits. So you're just going to be encouraged to keep doing it. Also, here's the best part. You earn points for daily brushing. You get bonus points for completing brushing challenges like maintaining streaks and things that, things that you should be doing anyway. Then you can redeem those rewards for free products like gift cards and discounts from Quip and partners. So if you already have a Quip, Upgrade it with a smart motor and keep the features you know and love. Um, it has sensitive sonic vibrations, a two-minute timer with 30-second pulses, so that way you know how long to focus on each section of your mouth. It's slim, lightweight, and sleek with no wires, no bulky charger to weigh you down. There's also a multi-use travel cover that doubles as a mirror mount if you want to get stuff off your counter, less clutter. It's great. I honestly... 
I really love my Quip toothbrush, and I'm not just saying that. It is super low profile, and it's super compact, and it's super easy to use. And honestly, I don't trust regular toothbrushes anymore. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything the right way. Plus, on top of that, you're going to get some great toothpaste, whether or not you're into mint or watermelon flavors. It's going to make sure you don't get cavities with uh, ingredients for strong, healthy teeth. Also, flossing is very important, and I know people hate to do it because it seems like it's a headache, but flossing is very good for your teeth. Quip makes flossing even easier to do. Um, it comes with a refillable dispenser, so you don't have to worry about extra waste or anything like that, and you're gonna get the right amount of floss every single time. You can also get brush heads, toothpaste, and floss refills delivered from $5, and shipping is free. It's just super smart. So. Join over 5 million mouths who use Quip and save hundreds compared to other Bluetooth brushes when you get Quip Smart Brush for just $45. Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com film right now to get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com F-I-L-M spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com film Quip. Better oral health made simple and rewarding. I don't know if you've heard of this documentary that's going around called The Social Dilemma, but basically it's a documentary where a bunch of tech insiders explain how social media is engineered to exploit uh, users' data for profit. It's a whole new form of capitalism that I don't think anyone could have predicted. Well, probably some people could have predicted it, but I couldn't have predicted it, you know, only a few decades ago because I was a child and that's, that burden shouldn't be put on me. Come on, why am I trying to figure this stuff out? But luckily for everyone watching and luckily for myself, there are services that provide a better layer of protection around my data. And in this case, I want to recommend to you ExpressVPN. Every time you use the internet, big tech companies mine your data by tracking your search messages and your search history and your video history and everything you've ever been to or everything you've ever looked at. And, uh, and they can use that to basically narrow down what kind of products to serve you or to sell it off to other companies. But when you run ExpressVPN on your device, it hides your IP address, which websites can use to personally identify you. So they're getting information, but they don't know from where. It's a it's basically a concealment service. Um, you still need to be careful with what you share on social media, but ExpressVPN can make sure that when you're web browsing, you're doing it anonymously. No one's going to know where you're going, what you're doing or how to sell off that private information. It also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers or prying eyes as an extra layer of protection. Many VPNs actually do slow down your internet a little bit because it has to ping some sort of server and who knows where, um, but not ExpressVPN. It's incredibly fast, easy to use. You just tap a button and you are protected. So if you don't like the idea of tech companies exploiting your personal information, then visit expressvpn.com film right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash film to protect your data. Go to expressvpn.com slash film to learn more. We are back. I don't think that was enough time for us to truly wrap our heads around what we have to do right Oof. now. We have to do Army of Darkness versus Scream. Army of Darkness, it's too good. Army of Darkness versus Scream. <laughs> this <laughs> is, I think, a little bit closer than Pan's Labyrinth, Cabin in the Woods, because we already drew the Cabin in the Woods Scream comparison here. Army of Darkness is well, very much a tongue-in-cheek 
horror it film. It is, yeah. I, th- I think um, they're both kind of meta in their own, you know, reflective on the genre. I saw mm-hmm. it as a kid, so it worked for me just as a piece of entertainment art. Mm-hmm. You're a big Sam Raimi fan, aren't you, Ryan? All-time favorite, like, I, I, like, there's directors that are my all-time favorites, and there's, like, ones that I, like, am inspired by, like, to make movies mm-hmm. like them. Sam Raimi's, like, my number one. I want to make movies like Sam Raimi, you know? Like Oz the Great and Powerful? No, not like that one. Like Army of Darkness. <laughs> Army of Darkness oh, is my okay. favorite movie I ever saw when I was, like, 13. It blew my mind, and then I wanted to make movies like that, and uh, mm-hmm. for a long time it was my favorite, so I love it. Okay, but what about Oz the Great and Powerful? The movie Do you sucks not like that so one? bad. Oh, okay. Oh. All right, your, your words, your words. I just asked... Um, not all hits. He's not batting a thousand, but it's pretty close. So, Army of Darkness. There was a time where I was big in the Sam Raimi verse. Really enjoyed it. Read Bruce Campbell's book. You know, watched making of Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two. Like, really, kind of got into it. Really enjoyed it. I remember. But I didn't watch I, Army of Darkness as a kid, so it never was a scary movie to me. Right. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I might have gotten it at the same time as you, James, and I think. Sam Raimi and Army of Darkness and the whole uh, the universe that he's got is maybe inspirational to people that want to make movies because, you know, he made his mm-hmm. own thing for, you know, no money and has, you know, yeah. gone on to become a huge director and make all these cool movies. So I think I that was when I came to it also, not as a child, but as maybe a burgeoning young filmmaker in college when I mm-hmm. found that kind of stuff fun and inspirational and all the winking at the camera stuff is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... Sam Raimi is very much a horror legend. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he's not the only horror legend on this in this bracket right now. I'm craving some Craven. Craven. <laughs> always craving Craven. Talk about a horror legend. He's had West some. Craven. He's had some speed bumps. He's they had all some do. Speed they bumps. all have bumps. But but sometimes it's when there's a bump, how hard can they come back? How hard can you hit it when you come back with Scream and you completely? rejuvenate a genre and you instill it with a newfound sense of pastiche and just you know meta and you drag it back into a new decade like uh, that's, that's what Scream did a genre you helped create genre too helped which is create. something else about Cabin in the Woods Drew Goddard is like like an, an aficionado and someone who appreciates the genre but imagine if you know Alfred Hitchcock was making a as what is essentially a meta version of one of his own films. Yeah, you know? and the closest thing, I mean, I guess I would, uh, maybe it's not even that close, I would think maybe, you know, George Miller redoing Mad yeah, Max the way that's he a good, wanted that's a great to. Example. Scream's not really, Scream's kind of a, a different beast than that. It's I, it, also Kevin Williamson, who was, you know, Dawson's Creek at the time. Oh, really? And was, was writing these really weird teenage characters who didn't speak like teenagers mm-hmm. and lived in these idyllic, movie worlds um i i just think scream did so much it did so much to uh bring a genre back to life it restarted I mean, I remember the whole that. genre well were we then, probably all in middle school when scream kind of came out scared the yeah, shit out of yeah. us mm-hmm. yeah but i don't it's so it's like and it's weird too because it, it's so overt about <laughs> acknowledging hey damn the genre Dan, what's your favorite scary movie, Dan? What's your favorite scary movie, Dan? <laughs> Dan. Um, Dan. I like oh, Silent Night, Deadly Dan. Night. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. what? I'm uh, behind you, Dan. 
Oh, sorry. I'm in a, I'm in a podcast. I gotta house? let you go. I'm in a podcast. Oh, okay. All right, bye. It, it also did its own little Hitchcock turn by having Drew Barrymore killed in the beginning. Yeah, I, lo- I love that stuff. One of, yeah, yeah it has an amazing underrated performance from Matthew Lillard. Who I, I think like, he does kind of get the short shift sometimes, and he's got he quite a lot of talent. I think my I feel like parents are gonna kill me. <laughs> my parents are gonna be so, my mom gonna be so mad. Yeah. It's just like man, that that movie is is uh. It it acknowledges all the tropes. It informs you of the rules, and then it follows them while also breaking them. It's it's, it's a tightrope. It's a tightrope, and it also again restarted the whole genre. You got these other movies that didn't realize what Scream was that then tried to be Scream, right? So yeah. I know what you did last summer. It's like okay, well then. <laughs> The magic sauce's formula is like Army of Darkness is something new too. Well, it did so it did. Scream inspired all those movies that also like brought back like the spoof movie. Scary it, movie, baby! All those, I love like, it. Yeah, scary yeah. Movie. that's my favorite. Several of those exist just because of Scream. I feel like and yeah, it it is endlessly rewatchable. Like I still you know every couple movie. years I love watch it. Scream. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> scary movie. What I think anything that like a lot of these kind of quintessential <laughs> horror movies that are in our list or some of them kind of created series which isn't always great, but I think is one of those elements of maybe quintessential horror is that there are mm-hmm. enough sequels for it to get bad and then maybe good again somewhere along mm-hmm. the line. Yeah. yeah. And, and the ghost face of Scream is so iconic. It yeah. is. Yeah. It, they had to figure out how to make a new thing, you know? And the now cell it phones, is a they thing. They use technology, contemporary technology, to say, here's how we can scare you now. We've got a cell phone. We've got a it's voice based. changer. It's I, think, I think everyone knows where my voice is going, based. but I do admire I mean, Army of Darkness. So no much. one has a chainsaw hand in Scream. That's, That's true. true. Yeah, That's no true. one has a boomstick in Scream. I don't remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. We should just vote. We should just vote. Unless anyone vote. has any I just, closing I just, statements. We've talked a lot about Scream. I don't want to undervalue how awesome Army yeah. of Darkness is. Yes, and please. what it spawned. Um, so I just want to make sure that's formally out there. But I think I think uh, is everybody ready to vote or any final words on this? How many fingers this, are up for Army of Darkness? It's just gonna be <laughs> one finger eyes. for Army of Darkness, two for Scream. <laughs> okay. Mm, got it? Got you it. probably don't need the second hand, Ryan, but okay. Um all right. Three, two, one Go. No, why? <laughs> oh, Dan, I'm, I'm surprised alone. I thought Dan was going to go Army of Darkness. That's okay. It's a natural part of the process. It's an honor to have just made it to the big stage. <laughs> did you guys just collude so you know. before this to, to wheedle, wheedle all of mine I, out of there? In the we did, round? absolutely. Yes. I don't appreciate that accusation. This is the I hold this in higher <laughs> regard than anything I've ever done professionally. This these, is certified. These movie brackets. Official. These movie brackets are as... Is, is, as airtight as they get, Ryan, been, and so I'll take I'll take know. that as a joke. But I would appreciate it if you didn't make it again. I've been reading a lot about voter fraud lately, James. So it's hard. <laughs> Can I just shout out a movie con- connected to Army of Darkness that I considered submitting, which was the Evil Dead remake, which I actually really oh, loved. I would love to, or the remake no, no. by the re- Freddy, the whatever his name. Okay, yeah, I like yeah, that a lot. Right. The movie rocks. Love to rewatch that. Really? I mean, Drag Me to Hell. Like there again, Sam Raimi. Like Drag Me to Hell is great Amen, as well, dude. I love all of his movies. I don't, I don't even, even know if I knew that there was a remake of Evil Dead. Is it like it's a great, great. Good. restart from the beginning? No Bruce Campbell. It's fantastic. No Bruce Campbell. Yeah. How do you make those movies without Bruce Campbell? There's like a new character. Who, Ash is now a, is now a woman. Mm-hmm. So they it's a. Do you yeah. know who's in it, Dan? You know the protagonist from Don't Breathe. No. The the woman, the young woman. She's she's in the Evil Dead. She's great. Cool. 
in my eyes, the protagonist is the blind guy. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't make the list. All right, we are almost through the pre-bracket bracket. <laughs> Perfect. This Plans. is just fighting for a spot in the bracket. This is night we have one. to do this one. This is going to be rough. Nightmare on Elm Street one. Yeah, let's do the first one. Okay, at least saying one. This is tough. Versus the birds. Jesus. This is a tough the one. birds. This is the hardest is one for me so far. Because they're coming out very there? different directions. They're coming at horror. Mm-hmm. Or we could do Dream Warriors versus Birdemic. Birdemic, I'd vote for that. Oh boy, this is a tough one. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street is a classic. This is the whole thing we were talking about with Scream was the re-energizer of what was the original wave of this horror genre. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street is a slasher with dimension. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the slasher Very is a character concept. instead of just like a menacing shadow that walks really slowly. That's mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what you know. Freddy is those movies and his over the topness and the invent of dream and, kills. Yeah, the creativity of w- in like, which that they do. You it. couldn't have had Nev Campbell without Nancy. I mean, I guess you couldn't have had Nev. You couldn't have had Nancy without um, what's her name in Halloween. Uh, oh yeah, uh, um, and you couldn't have you couldn't have had JLC or Nancy without JLC in Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nancy is a great character, and watching her just slowly degrade in that movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I guess Tippi Hedren, you also watch kind of slowly fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like making movies about women falling apart <laughs> and being uh, well. They're great victims. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I gotta say, like like Hitchcock, all time master for me. I love I love his movies a lot too, but. I, when I first watched The Birds, I loved the film, but I was uh, beyond underwhelmed with the ending. When they literally that, just like, just, uh, the whole movie's like, okay, birds are here. And then, how do we get rid of them? We drove away to the next town. The, uh, the birds yeah. are still here. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay. It's a bird's are they going to kill yeah, all bird's of the birds? You no, want them to get like a go. music weapon or something? I want I them to find good. the I think antidote. that's a great ending. No. No antidote. That's why it's scary. I have no idea how they Well, because they... It's because they took the lovebirds with them, and the lovebirds were the cause, so they think that they're escaping the town, but they're really not. They're just, the birds are going to follow them wherever they go. The original ending was supposed to be, what, all the birds on the Golden Gate Bridge or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they didn't get to do it until Matt Reeves made the monkey movie? (laughs) (laughs) I've actually, I've been been to where they shot the birds, Bodega Bay. It's really like an idyllic place, except there's a foghorn that goes off every 30 seconds. So it's like beautiful, beautiful. amazing coastal town, and there's (laughs) just everywhere. I don't really find the birds that scary. Mm -mm. I mean, I I probably was eight years old when I first saw it, and the only thing that really stuck with me was the one shot of the the man that's crumpled on the ground and his eyes are poked out. Yeah, with their kids running from school. Yeah, there's the one shot where she like she goes up into the attic. And the birds kind of like come at her face. That yeah, you know, it's not scary, but the, that is like horror, and it mm-hmm. probably would have been I'm, horror in what like was that nineteen forty something? Right. Yeah, for the time it was definitely probably scary. There's, there's, I mean, this this is something that we'll always get into, but there's a whole series, a whole world of horror films that were made by a generation that didn't know what true fear was. <laughs> it, or, it feels like it wasn't until like the mid to late 70s that people were like, oh, this is what being scared by a movie really, really yeah, is. Yeah, they only fought in World War II. I was going to say, they, they don't know they shit war. about fear. <laughs> in, ter- in terms of film, oh, in terms yeah. of fear, because I always like telling the story about, what is it? I think it's not Son of Frankenstein. It's some sort of Frankenstein Bride? sequel. No, um, 
But uh, it, there's a point where in the movie they're over a big pit and there's Frankenstein's monster and a little kid. And then Frankenstein lifts the kid up and it looks for like for a moment that he's going to throw the kid into the pit. But what he actually does is he turns around and puts, helps the kid up, climb up on the ladder or whatever. Uh. And, and my mom always told this great story of her grandmother going to see that in cinemas and then fainting in the theater. <laughs> so like that same where lifts, she faint, she collapsed in the theater and then someone had to come and help her because she was so distraught by the promise of this like kid going in. <laughs> this is what we're dealing with, with like the birds. And I would even say, I think Jaws is really scary, but like I wanted to put Jaws on this list too, but just we got to a certain point with film where we like we realized how much further we could go. Yeah, with terrifying imagine watch, imagine that person watching the birds watching Human Centipede now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, movies of the 30s and 40s were like the mo classic movie monsters, yeah. and then you start to get into the 60s where stuff like The Birds comes out, Hush Hush, Sweet Charlotte, things like that, where mm -hmm. it's people are just it's it's psychological psycho yeah. coming. I mean, Hitchcock like ushered in this mm -hmm. whole era, yeah. of that, but it's it feels more cerebral, more psychological. It's not just like oh, there's a bad guy. Yeah. And he's going to get you. It's like, oh, no, this is inescapable. And it's tormenting you in a different way than you entirely thought possible. Like, can't sleep at night. Mm -hmm. um, my thing with, with the birds, too, is I, it's really hard for me to not contextualize it and knowing how horrible Alfred Hitchcock was to Tippi Hedren yeah. throughout that entire yeah. production. For her, it's the scariest movie ever yeah. made. <laughs> so that's always a thing. Yeah. It's tough, so that's, but that's a factor, and that's for us to decide the value of. Like, am I going to watch The Birds today and be scared? No, probably not as much as if I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street, which I think, despite also being, what, 40 years old, is probably, isn't super probably scary. still... That's, but it's probably still pretty creepy. Oh, it has, great. like, the weird synth soundtrack that is very jarring, oh, and it has moments and stuff. It's got a weird end, because they feel like they have to set up for a sequel, so it's mm -hmm. got the really kind of janky you know nancy's mom being ripped through the door <laughs> by by freddy krueger but uh there's st there's stuff in that movie like Man nancy's in the bathtub and, and his hand comes up between her legs that's pretty iconic it's like, mm -hmm. what is that like what is this movie yeah the whole backstory of freddy's great um, if you really want to well, see a scary Tippy Hedren movie, you got to see Roar. I've told you guys to see oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we know about movie. Roar. Is it legitimately scary? <laughs> it's scary because you're like, these people are going to die making this movie. Yeah. <laughs> they guarantee a mauling in every shot. <laughs> All right. Okay. We have to vote on Nightmare on Elm Street versus The Birds. Nightmare on Elm Street is going to be a numero uno, and Birds is going to be two to represent the two lovebirds in the film. We are gonna vote in three, two, one, go. Okay. I think we got All it right. right. I think we got it right. There's there's no wrong answers. Again, to just get to this point, I, I couldn't to vote get to this Hitch. point. Even if he's a nightmare person. <laughs> you, uh, you couldn't vote against Hitch. Hitch is also on the list, but it's the Will Smith it's like, one. There's stuff like Rear <laughs> Windows, one of my favorite movies, but then I also consider it more like suspense than yeah. I would a horror mm -hmm. movie. Like so much of his stuff airs a little bit more suspense for me. Okay. Well, we've managed to finally get to the point where we can start the official bracket. <laughs> All the play-in's done. Um, there are no wrong answers so we, except that last one where Army of Darkness should have won, but we'll continue. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you didn't really defend Army of Darkness at all. You didn't. I, yeah, well, you didn't. At some point we'd go, let's vote, and I thought that you guys were on the same page with me, so I'd go, I don't want to screw up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I see your votes, and I'm like, I should have defended it more. 
We spent most of the time talking about how awesome Scream was <laughs> yeah. and how everyone here loves exactly. Scream. But we also <laughs> talked, we, we prefaced that with how much we love Army of Darkness. And then I, I mocked mean, yes. Oz the Great and Powerful. <laughs> well, that's a different film. Zach Braff's best role. I stand by <laughs> Zach Braff's Who best role is at that. He was like the flying monkey or whatever. He's All way right. better in the Garden State. Are we doing this one? No, we're going to, now we okay. move on. We're going to the top of the bracket again. Oh, we're going boy. Halloween. Versus Pan's Labyrinth. Oof. Halloween versus yeah. Pan's Labyrinth. It's like the first Slasher Labyrinth. movie, right? So, so half the movie have it, half yeah. the movies have gotten a buy so far. Is that what's happening? We haven't heard. Uh, yeah. Halloween. Well, I mean, the, it's not technically a buy. The, there was like a uh, what is it? A playoff it's a play or whatever. In. Play in. A play in. Yeah, play yeah. In. There were, right. Those other movies had, didn't have great seasons, despite being very great movies, and so they had to. So if, if, if a movie wins from the first round, then we know that it really went, worked harder to get there, basically. Sure. That yeah. in that particular showdown, but it doesn't make it. It has no bearing on how it plays yeah. the next. It's a bit. real Cinderella story. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so Halloween invented the slasher genre, I think. Right? Well, Was there Texas a slasher Chainsaw before? Massacre oh, okay. it predates. It's true. Yeah. Halloween. What is it? The stock and slash. The, I think is what the stock is what slash, it was yeah. called. The stock and slash. That's when you get your Friday the Thirteenth. When mm-hmm. did Friday the Thirteenth come out? After yeah. this, after Halloween, they were trying to yeah. capitalize on Halloween. It on well, because Friday. it wouldn't have been ha- Friday the Thirteenth Two was the first mm-hmm. time right Jason even showed up. Yeah. So they were Spoiler, taking they were mother. taking their their <laughs> mo from Halloween. This is definitely um, way more of a straightforward horror movie. Right to mm-hmm. create an entire subgenre, or to along with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Jamie Lee Curtis, the the scream queen of yeah. queens, queen of scream queen, the queen scream queener. I kind of regret not so. putting Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I love that one. However, That's I will great. say uh, for this matchup, uh, uh, similar to my love and adoration for Sam Raimi, John Carpenter's like second on that list of people I am inspired by. I want to make movies like. Because uh, he just mm-hmm. gets it, man. He's like, he knows, uh, you know, f- scary, thrilling, and fun, and funny, you know, and, and mm-hmm. music, and, and cool I was say, yeah. 80s music. He's also, <laughs> he goes from splicing the film together that he shot to typing on his little keyboard to make yeah. wacky music. <laughs> and I love it. Right, so I, mean, I do love that synth music that he makes. I've been on a big Carpenter streak recently, too, um, and mm-hmm. he, he's fantastic. I think similar to Sam Raimi, kind of at a certain point of his career, just kind of... Capped out, started making a lot of Oz Great and Powerfuls. Ah, uh, 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 Sam Raimi has only had a c- couple of hit misses. John Carpenter has had a drought. You're, stopped, you're right about right. that. Yeah, he stopped making good movies about 10 years ago. 10 20, years? 20, probably, right. <laughs> I like vampires with... What's well, we're not talking about his late career. We're talking about what he was doing in what is arguably his prime. Oh, yeah, for sure, his prime. I, th- so, I think so another really... New York probably his prime. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> Another a great thing about Halloween, I think, also made on like some you know some shoestring budget. Like it looks cheap, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter at all. Like it's still a, a wonderful, awesome film mm-hmm. that you know yeah. doesn't suffer at all from being inexpensive. Mm-hmm. The movie details that Reddit loves the the Shatner mask that was spray painted. They oh, love yeah. to post yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, I can it's tell just, it really is that that whole uh, concept is super simple DIY like uh, innovation in filmmaking, right? It's just like okay, we're gonna mm-hmm. go POV style, and it's so cheap, but it works so well and it's so effective. And for, just for that alone, for how innovative and awesome John Carpenter is, I'm gonna vote for Halloween over Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> I also think I also think that it's a great Halloween movie. 
I mean, it has to be yeah, right. Yeah, but like the, the 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 town, the street, it's oh, like yeah. it's like perfect Halloween vibes for Halloween for that whole thing. Like iconic music. But does it tackle fascism? I want to also specify. I just want to clarify real quick. Do we know? We don't know if it tackles fascism. I also want to say um, we can still swap this with the Rob Zombie remake of Halloween if we so choose, if we want Pan's Labyrinth to move on to the next round. Um, Anyway, can we uh, do the next one with Labyrinth and Peter Pan? Like a combo? No, we no, we can't. We can't oh, okay. do Pan, Peter Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> okay. I will okay. say, Halloween is a movie that I don't ever feel super inclined to rewatch. We should, even on Halloween. I know it's a good, it's a good movie, but I. What if it was Halloween H two O? Which oh, you would probably I'll be in that chair, <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, how many Halloweens have they made? I mean, it's There's a lot. There's got to be a at least lot. 10, Season right? of the Witch. Season of the Witch. Don't forget <laughs> Season of the Witch. And they've There's got two least... more in the can. I feel like. Because they There's just did the reboot out this year. Right. Yeah, the Danny McBride. But I think they Halloween. made two of yeah. them. One was supposed to come out this this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I think it got pushed. That, that, that last legacy. remake was pretty good. I was excited for this next one because apparently the kill count was going to be just insane. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. It seemed like there were some scenes in this thing. I feel like there was something that wasn't <laughs> happening there. Anyway, all right. Pan's Labyrinth, we talked about it before. Amazing film, a masterpiece, which no one's really used to describe almost anything else that we've discussed so far. Um, I feel like it's Halloween. It's it's gotten screwed in its seating so far because, yeah, compared to Halloween, it's definitely the better made film in terms of like production design, cinema, cinema, in every way. Maybe that's maybe, but I don't know. Every way not be what counts. Yeah. Halloween, well, that's it, that's the problem with this bracket. Is what do we? What is the criteria? Is it there a, is a film that impacts? We have the power <laughs> to decide. The, the people criteria. have given us the is power. Is it the scariest movie? Is it the movie that does the most for the genre? Like what best is best overall? <laughs> I, I, it, best, Halloween best has horror. undoubtedly have the larger mm-hmm. legacy and done more for the genre of horror uh-huh. and scary films than Pan's Labyrinth. But is it well, a better movie than Pan's Labyrinth? No, let's find absolutely out. Let's not. Right now, it's let's awesome. find out right so now. We're all nope. mixed up in our criteria. Halloween, Halloween, one number one. Oh. Pan's Labyrinth, number two. Three, two, one. Vote. Wait, what were the numbers? Halloween one, Pan's Labyrinth two. We gotta flip a. Oh coin my again. god, we got a tie. We got a tie. Halloween. John Carpenter's Halloween. Do we have to flip a coin on this? Are you shitting me? Number oh. one seed Halloween I, I has think to flip a coin. because of the strength of Pan's Labyrinth. It's like such a great movie. It is, but it you is. know what? It's hard to vote so against the movie. So is Godfather Part 2 not on this if list. if you had given us a specific, you know, what it does for the genre. Scariest exactly. movie. Then I probably would have gone Halloween. I think your specific is right here. Your laissez-faire attitude with having rules and criteria is causing us problems. We have to flip, flip the coin. speaking of flip rules, we have to flip the coin. Heads, it's going to be Halloween. Tails, it's Pan's Let's Labyrinth. It is, oh it is Tails, God. Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> I can't win shit Managed in this. to eliminate Cabin in the Woods and Halloween. Are you kidding me? This, this is actually, cow. this is the exact same thing as Godfather 2 where it's such a better movie when it goes up against something that might fit the criteria better 
it just kind well, of bulldozes it through the way. Godfather 2 is pretty perfect, though. We could not find flaws. It is a matter of finding flaws. This is whether or not a horror film. I like film. Army of Darkness better, personally. I feel like we're going to see some comments about this, you yeah. guys. Mm, no shame Hall- here Halloween is this almost, time, Dan and Elise. <laughs> it's almost the quintessential horror movie. Right. Yep. And we you would think lost. You would think. <laughs> Yet here we are. That's the majesty of this competition. We probably only That's have time for one more. It's the I don't think we're even coins. halfway through this list, but we have time for one more. So we're going to do one more, and then we will be back for part two to finish this bracket. I, I have a request. And get to the bottom of yeah. Can Dan. you skip the next one down because I actually haven't seen one of those movies that I'd really like to see and would like to be able to properly vote on it. Yeah, if it's one of mine. The, the next one that we're supposed time. to do? Yeah. Oh, okay, like you don't want it spoiled for yourself? I, I would like to watch the movie and vote legitimately. Okay. Instead okay. of listening right. to Ryan so we'll, cry about This is it. unprecedented. Thank you. Unprecedented. But Dan that. has requested that we skip a bracket, which was going to be Reanimator versus Hereditary. Oh, Dan wants to view wants to view one of the films so that way he can more accurately judge. It's a request. Um you and then you don't have request, to go along with it. Granted, request granted. Well, request granted, request granted. <laughs> well, allow it. Allowed. All right. Okay. Thank so you. that means thank you, Jerry. That means the one that we're going to do right before the end of this episode is going to be Alien versus The Shining. Oof. Ah! You have taken us to a very dark place, Dan, because I thought we may have been able to get out of Reanimator Hereditary without any oh. truly broken hearts. But I don't know how Alien and The Shining were going to get away <laughs> from this unscathed. Someone begin discussion because <laughs> well, I don't even so, really know where to start. Um, just to start with Alien, I think it's an interesting combination of horror and science fiction. Um, mm-hmm. Where I think a lot of fun things come from mashing up genres with horror. And when you you know throw in some aliens and some space marines, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's a fun combination that is like we've talked about a lot of these things created multiple iconic moments in cinema history. Mm-hmm. But is it better than Event Horizon? No way to be certain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alien set a standard for what you could do with the alien menace mm-hmm. in, in the recesses of space when you're alone and there's nothing you can do. No one can hear you scream. <laughs> they would, some would say. <laughs> That's a good that tagline. That tagline was when you're alone and there's nothing you can do. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think so. The poster was longer than most posters <laughs> were of the time. Um, I, I, no. I, oh. I was just say Alien is a classic and it's it kind of uncovered like Dan was saying this fear that no one had ever realized it the was kind of like what Jaws did with the ocean the underwear and she's wearing yeah, that little also, underwear it also showed the top of her butt crack um, I was just about to like Sigourney that. Weaver is you know I think uh, maybe inverting the scream queen a little bit like she's like a tough badass bitch taking mm-hmm. on the alien and not necessarily the same victim runaway mentality yeah. that a lot of the scream queens not, have been. Not as tough as she is in aliens though. Well, she gets no, there. She, yeah. yeah. And I also think something else that's really cool about alien is that most horror films kind of like, as the movie begins, it settles its focus and it goes, this is who we're focused on. And in hindsight, it's like, oh, Ripley's the main character. But if you're watching that without really any context of what the rest of it is, it's very good about focusing on this whole group of people. And no one person, maybe Dallas, is kind of like the most important character there for a lot of it, which means that everyone, once people start dying off, everyone is vulnerable, which is something that a lot of horror films, sci-fi or not, like aren't really capable of doing. They kind of of dial in and 
whether they're trying to yeah. not tell you who that hero or heroine that's going to make it to the end is. And yeah, actually, I really so. like that part of so, some of these horror movies where it is a an ensemble uh, mm-hmm. full of actual characters. I think Alien does a good job of that too, where you know they don't all have you know hugely identifying character characteristics, but they are characters. You, you can mm-hmm. tell a little bit about them from the few yep. little lines they've had or their exchanges. And I think one I thing um, also Ridley Scott nails in like almost all of his movies, but does in this movie too, is create like a very believable world with his produ- production design team. Just the mm-hmm. the lived-in-ness of something like a spaceship, I feel like would be hard to conceive. You know, Star Wars mm-hmm. did that, but I don't know. Th- there was something about uh, all of their gear and all their ships and all this stuff that just seemed real. Yeah. yeah. The milk. Yeah, <laughs> milk I, mouth, old milk mouth, milk, robot milk. <laughs> I would say that's my it, favorite oh. thing. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. I was just gonna say you you had brought up Jaws earlier, and it kind of gets mm-hmm. it kind of gets lumped in with Jaws a lot about oh you know you can create this tension because you don't really show the monster that much. I would say in my I watched this movie I think too young because when I watched it I definitely was like Alien needed way more Alien uh, in my opinion, mm. and I don't think and then I've watched it since then and I still kind of agree with that like that he it, Jaws to me is the perfect version of we don't see the monster but when we do it's fucking scary. And it, it really works. And I, 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 maybe sharks are just different than aliens in that way. And the, uh, as an animal, real. and it works in the real. But yeah, the, 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 the iconic uh, uh, chest bursting scene is obviously like the best part of the movie to me. And like, and it's amazing. But then after that, I, I kind of do get a little tired at the end of it. Kind of, it is one of those. Uh, what, what did you call it, James? Like the. What do you call Halloween? The 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 track and kill stock and slash. Stock and, it, is, it kind of turns into a stock and slash with the alien towards the end, and I don't love that whole in section. To be honest, what if what if I told you Ryan that the alien was us? Oh my god! Now I love it. <laughs> uh, in terms of imagery and like establishing genre tropes, for me, the um, kind of you know the the like. I don't know how you would just, I don't actually know how you describe it. The like hive wall that every, everyone's getting sucked into like mm. Tom Skerritt's in the wall. Mm. Like that is absolutely horrific. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just, especially if you're watching that when you're really young mm-hmm. and it's just people that are, you know, absorbed and mutated into this wall and they're half dead and they're croaking and like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> it's, excellent. it's really, so, it's really creepy. I mean, there's a lot, I think the coolest thing about alien in a lot of ways is that it shows you this whole world. It just presume, it just presumes that sometimes you're going to see a world and not everything's going to have an explanation. So you have this giant elephant man and we never found out what that elephant man represented. It's not like <laughs> anything came later and tried to explain it and made it really stupid and dumb. So, we, um, we should probably that, talk about the shining. We haven't, but that was, that was a shining. time in movies where you could establish, you could show them, have a mystery and not explain mm-hmm. it whatsoever. And they because I don't there was think no really internet to do that for people to, yeah, no internet, no YouTube uh, video essays to try and dissect mm-hmm. everything about it. Yeah, Shining, Kubrick, the visuals. I One of the greatest filmmakers of all time. I, I did not care for Ewan McGregor in this. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're not referring to Doctor Sleep. Oh, okay, you keep yeah. thinking of Doctor Sleep, yeah. which I actually <laughs> thought was okay, but um, but this is yeah, the prequel so the Shining, to Doctor Sleep. <laughs> yeah, this is a prequel to Doctor oh, Sleep. Why did you just yeah. say that? It's a horse of a Who nominated color. this one, by the way? Who I nominated did. the Shining? I, I didn't. So can I did, you I just clarify real movies. quick? Where are you not? Is this the Kubrick or the Weber? No, what the Weber? 
Oh, Weber. Okay, joke, so that right? one's yeah, that one's literally accurate. Yeah, okay. I believe Stephen Weber is more of a family man. Than <laughs> I do love Stephen Weber, but no, this this would be the the shining Jack Nicholson. Yeah, uh, okay, a good one. Classic, classic nightmare descent into madness. Stephen Weber. I mean, Stephen King prefers the Weber one. I bet he oh. does. He's, but he's so not dumb on this about show, that. So, like, this shining rocks. He needs to get over that shit. He really does. Mr. King, if you want to come on and make a case <laughs> for the Weber version of The Shining, we will absolutely have you on. Just let us know. Yeah, I, um, I love Stand By Maybe because it, it, it kind of moved away from what... I've never read the book, but people say the, mm-hmm. the Kubrick's film deviates from the book pretty heavily. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, do you know what that, that ending is that he likes more? Because the ending He likes that it blows awesome. up. They, the the blow furnace, up the cabin? they yeah. ignite the furnace and yeah, it blows Jack up the hotel. Jack doesn't in the... So yeah. that's, I mean, I can imagine being like this, you know, genius. We were talking about genius earlier. Kubrick's definitely a genius. And like, you know, blowing up the thing is kind of cheesy and corny and a little too horror movie, I think. Mm. You know, it's a little let's find the serum that, that solves the problem. And mm-hmm, freezing, yeah. freezing to death is absolutely terrifying and probably more, I don't know, believable in a way. It feels more, more tragic, realistic. too. Yeah. At the, the end of The Shining is like him frozen in the snow as scary as he looks it does mm-hmm. feel you are reminded that like it was only a few short weeks earlier that he was kind of just an asshole yeah there's nothing really redeeming <laughs> yeah. about that ending. Well, well and he's also mirroring the story of the other guy who went crazy right mm-hmm. yeah so yeah there, that that works to, for me too better i just think again shining is a really amazing ghost story it's it, like I think the only reason people sometimes forget that it's basically a ghost story is because there's so much cerebral stuff happening um, and that's layered on so thick, which is why I believe it's a classic. Talk about production design. There's a lot of symbolism. The location is an amazing character. This this is a really good showdown between these films, but they're very uh, different takes on the genre. But they're both very well done, I think, both of them. To, to, to me, The Shining is just so dense in its mm-hmm. filmmaking and stuff. And there's so much going on. And uh, and it's hit firing on all cylinders like Kubrick always does. But you got the uh, the things that just stood out for me are like the little kid is like one of the best little kids in yeah. movie history mm-hmm. to me. Him talking Usually little finger, kids fuck up movies. Yeah, Rad for real. Rob. He's so, yeah, Rad Rom, that whole thing is legitimately freaky. And um, Jack Nicholson is Jack Nicholson, and as great, great as mm-hmm. he always is. I, I, I and Shelley Duvall, dude, like the performances yes. are amazing in this. Yeah, yeah. I think she, that video she was of Jack also Nicholson oh, hyping himself up before he breaks yeah. down the door yeah. of the axe. Really good. Like, Ooh, that's good. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think she was also psychologically tortured by Jack Nicholson and Stanley Kubrick in the making mm-hmm. of this movie you gotta get the performance everyone knows that to get a good performance out of a woman the only way to do it is to torture her psychologically because they could they're just incapable of navigating that emotion otherwise men let them do what they're gonna do you know <laughs> men will be men they'll get there eventually this, <laughs> i really think it was worth just ruining shelly duvall's career to make this great movie <laughs> We got oh, something. <laughs> we got something out of it. So, so uh, I think Alien had a lot of iconic moments, but Shining, I, I feel like every couple of minutes in that movie, it's, you, you take a, a, snapshot, a snapshot or a still, and you're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. there's an iconic moment. Okay, yeah, blood rushing mm-hmm. out of the elevator. You know, tricycle yep. down the 
the hall. They, they're just like mm-hmm. moment well, after moment in that movie is like, okay, yeah, that's perfect cinema, like history. Mm-hmm. Talk yep. about iconic moments. Without this film, we would not know about the uh, the filming of the moon landing and the staging of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's an iconic that's moment. You're right. The 16 millimeter yeah. also, conspiracy. without The Shining, how would they have that scene in the drive, drive-in theater in Twister? Which also should have been on this that's list. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we have to vote. We are already going over time, so we have oh, to boy. vote on this one. Alien versus The Shining. One finger for Alien, two fingers for The Shining. Ready to vote in three, two, one, go. Oh. Was that the first unanimous? First unanimous. First unanimous. First unanimous. Great way to shine it. It's friends. Great way. It's all downhill from here. We have a lot more films to get through. Um, there's going to be several new films that we haven't even discussed yet on the next one. And then, of course, it's going to be returning films coming back to battle for supremacy. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Film House and our journey to find the perfect horror film. Thank you to my guests, Elise, Brian and Dan. Um, amazingly spirited discussion. I think Ryan still thinks that there's a way he can win this. <laughs> but, um, I'm still upset about what's happened, what's transpired today, uh-huh. but I'll get over it. And you guys, you're, all your movies are going down next round. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I don't think that's how it works. Anyway, thank you so <laughs> much for watching. Uh, what do you think is going to win? Lee, let us know down in the comments which one out of all these films you think deserves to be number one. We won't check. It won't influence us. And until then, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Watch more movies.